You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Yo, Joe. Yo, Justin. What's up? Not much, sir. How you doing? Good, man. Good, good, good. We're ready to continue uh, the month, Giant Monster Movie Summer. Hot Kaiju Summer. Yeah, Hot Kaiju Summer. I'm assuming that's a play on Hot Girl Summer. Is that what you're? Is that what you're doing? Yes. What is Hot Girl Summer? I don't even really know what that means. Uh, well, it's when a uh, a girl, uh, usually newly single, decides, "Fuck it, just all the boys are gonna kiss me and get yourself some dick." Pretty much, pretty much. Which I mean, okay, sure. Hey, look, more power to you. Yeah. Do it. I mean, some people live their lives as a hot something summer. So, fuck. That's it. true. Is there a hot That's guy true. summer? Is that a thing? Uh probably. Hot probably. Guy summer. That's the way I'm living this summer. I will also be just wearing a bikini for the next three months <laughs> uh, and kissing all the boys. Hot guy summer. Get yourself some dick. <laughs> That's not what I signed up for. I don't know what these feelings are. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I like it or not. Uh, All right, well, we'll figure it out. Enough of the Welcome summer. to June. Welcome to the end of June. <laughs> so Fourth of July weekend. Um, I I have some plans. I don't know if you got any plans. I'm sure our listeners have plans. But no matter what you're doing, uh, drop it all. Uh, skip the barbecues. Stay home and listen to this because this is way more important. Yeah. Um, your family and friends are nothing. Come to us where we read you Wikipedia articles on the radio. <laughs> I'm using IMDb, but sure. <laughs> See, I knew. I knew you were going to say that. You know, um, this uh, this particular month we talked about a uh, Japanese movie, kaiju movie. We talked about an American movie from the 50s with the giant claw. And now we're kind of diving mm-hmm. into, I guess, what we, w- we were calling modern Although this is a little bit older than some of the other modern movies that we decided to talk about this summer. Uh, this one's from 1982, and it's Q, The Winged Serpent. And a lot of people, I don't think, have heard of this. And I think that the people who have probably just never saw it. Because I never really knew anyone that spoke about this movie growing up. Um, I, I felt like this was one of these, like... Didn't didn't kind of feel like, I don't know, like Channel 11 movies that would be on on a Saturday afternoon when you were home. Like, that was like the vibe this movie gave me all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Um, but no, this, this, this slipped under my radar until, uh, relatively recently, I guess within the last few years, like I'd heard of it. And for some reason I kept forgetting that I knew of this movie until like, like I'd watch the chair and be like, oh yeah, that's on my list. I need to see this. Thing. It's a hard movie to define because it's quite a mixed bag in terms of genre. It's a mixed bag in terms of tone. I can't. Well, assi- I, I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out because I was thinking about that today. Okay. Like, like, what genre does this really fall into? Because yeah. when you watch the movie, you very quickly realize, or about halfway through, you realize that there's like five different movies happening in this thing. <laughs> yeah, there are. Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> if you had like the Notebook. And it was just a love story about these two people. But somewhere in this world, there was a giant alligator eating people in the lake. And every now and again, they mentioned, like, oh, 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 Noah, step back from the dock. That alligator's still there. Oh, oh, 
Right, right, <laughs> like, yes, exactly. It's just a thing that happened during the movie was a, there was a monster in it. Yes, that I can't. Yes, that is exactly it. So, like, I was thinking about it uh, today, and I was like, you know, this movie, it's it's just a gritty seventies, eighties New York City crime drama that happens to have a dragon in it. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I'm also surprised you didn't stop to make fun of me for knowing the character's name in the notebook, by the way. You know what? I, I, I can't even anymore. Get yourself some dick! <laughs> Comedy comes in three, folks. <laughs> um, I couldn't decide if this movie was a few elements short of, like, one of the greats. Like, becoming one of the great, like, giant monster movies of, like, you know, uh, of cinema. Or a few elements shy of a fucking canon movie. I th- I think it's a little bit of both, yeah. honestly. I really do. I feel like there's not enough giant monster to really classify it. No. Purely as a giant monster movie. I mean, it is, I guess, more canon than anything. Because of the acting. Because of the acting. And yeah. don't get me wrong. Listen, this movie has... Three of the greatest character actors of all time. You yeah. got David Carradine, you got Richard Roundtree, and one of my favorites, personally, Michael Moriarty. Yeah. Um, and you also have Candy Clark. Yeah. Um, and, and the whole movie was basically filmed on location in Manhattan, and it shows. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, they don't spare any expense with, like, aerial shots, uh, shots of famous landmarks. I mean, a lot of this was shot in the fucking Chrysler building. They could have, I was just going to say, they actually yeah. went into the Chrysler building they, and shot. And they, like, that's great. Yeah, they could have fucking filmed that interior anywhere in a set for very, very cheap. But I think they rented this out for quite a bit of money. Um, so everything was kind of filmed on the location. You had great actors. A pretty good story, to be honest with you. But there was a lot of, like, just silliness. And the like I said, the tone's kind of all over the place. And uh, we'll, we'll get into it as we talk about the movie a little bit. Um but uh, it's it's definitely a unique film. I'll put it that way. It's a very unique film, and I think it's worth a watch for anybody that's a horror fan, a fan of movies from the '80s. You know, like I know, like right now, like there's this insurgence of like people loving like '80s, you know, sci-fi and adventure flicks, uh, as well as like horror because the Stranger Things is so popular and like all the rage right now, right? But like, just go watch the movie from the '80s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this right. is a perfect one because it's it, it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of great stuff in it. I could describe it a little bit as like it's a gory '80s movie, right? Because there's some like gory stuff in there, but there with, is, but yeah. with a giant monster in it as well, which is something that like. In giant monster movies, you don't really get a lot of gore, right? Because like the monster's so big, like the destruction it does is just not—it's—it's—it's it's, it's massive scale. It's not like yeah. slim down where you're seeing actual people getting hurt. You're seeing crowds getting hurt. You're seeing buildings getting knocked down. But this is like eating people and like leaving behind carcasses or body parts, and that's a little bit different than what we've seen because he's not that big. No, no, yeah. not at all. Um, so just real quick, uh, like we said, Q the Winged Serpent. Uh, it's a 1982 movie directed by Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen did uh, The Stuff, which I know is a movie you're a huge fan of. I love The Stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about The Stuff soon, I think. Maybe maybe we'll do that like at some point this year, because The Stuff is a good movie. It might be a good Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll do The Stuff for Christmas. Yeah. Why not? An- another great Michael Moriarty performance in that, too. Yeah. So the movie, like we said before, Justin mentioned, stars Michael Moriarty as uh, Jim Quinn. He's the the thief, the bad guy of sorts in this movie. And then you got David Carradine as Detective Shepard and Richard Roundtree as Powell. I don't know if he's a boss or not. I think he's Sergeant Detective. I'm not, I'm not sure, but they're partners. 
Yes, they're partners. You yeah. have fucking Kill Bill and Shaft as detectives in New York City hunting down a giant dragon. I mean, it's just like... That right, I mean, that, that, is, that right there alone is just a recipe for greatest movie of all time. That could be the tagline for the Blu-ray at this point, you know? It could be. But I feel like there's not enough Richard Roundtree... No, because and the little bit of Richard yeah. Roundtree we do get is not Shaft Richard Roundtree. I was really hoping he'd go full Shaft, um, <laughs> he did not. and that was not the case. David Carradine might have also been hoping he would go full Shaft, um, <laughs> also not the case. Um, and it's funny because when you look at uh, the great thing about this movie is when you're when you're watching David Carradine's performance, the look on his face tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> I am bored. I really wish I was just hanging in a closet somewhere, jerking off. <laughs> what a specific! I'm, what a specific I'm, look. <laughs> I'm sure he used the proceeds from this movie to buy some rope <laughs> and possibly some lube. Um, uh. And that was it. That is the only David Carradine autoerotic asphyxiation joke I'm going to make tonight. <laughs> uh, cue the winged serpent, everybody. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's fun for all ages, really. Except it's not, because there's boobs in this movie. There are boobs in this movie, yeah. So... So we keep saying Q the Wing Serpent, right? What does Q stand for? It's a Quetzal- I can't even pronounce it. A Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, that's okay. how you pronounce it. It's an Aztec god, Quetzalcoatl, yeah. Our, our, our monster in this movie, the Final Fantasy summons creature, <laughs> basically. Um, it is a, you know, um, a mythological figure from uh, the Aztecs. Which, you know, they just sort of import into the movie and that's their monster. Basically takes up uh, residence in the Chrysler building. Uh, that's, you know, it's kind of like the uh, <laughs> the opposite of King Kong. He's like in the, the next building over. Yeah. Basically a murder mystery, essentially. Because there is a serial killer in New York City. Yes. And that's what our two detectives are investigating. There's uh, an Aztec-like serial killer who's uh, killing people in a uh, ritualistic way. And these two detectives are basically trying to find out, you know, who it is and what's going on while a dragon is flying around eating people. And they're not really 100% sure what's going on with that either yet. So while these two things are going on, you have uh, the character Jim Quinn, who's played by Michael Moriarty, and he is involved in like a jewel heist basically that goes wrong. He winds up losing uh, his crew and the jewels. And he stumbles upon the creature's nest basically in the Chrysler building and sees a giant egg in there. So when everybody starts to kind of put two and two together, like something is flying around and eating people because they're seeing these body parts everywhere and they're thinking it's related to this Aztec murder, but then they're like, it's not. Because people start to become aware, like something's flying out of the Chrysler building. So right. it's it's Jim Quinn who decides to extort the city to, to make his money back and tell them, I know where this egg is, I know where this creature is. And he's a piece of shit, obviously. And, um, yeah, he's like this small-time hood who's yeah. like, I guess the mob or you know whatever gang is basically using him. They had contacted the him ambiguous jewel pull gang, off this yeah. and so they're going to kill him if they if he can't get them the money. So now he sees his way in, and and that's essentially the plot of the movie. While this is going on, uh, the <laughs> Q, as we'll just affectionately call him, is flying around eating various people throughout the movie. So it's important to note that. Uh, 
the monster is done with stop motion. It's something that you know you don't see anymore, obviously, because uh, CG's replaced all these kinds of all these kinds of things, you know, decades ago at this point, and uh, and rightfully so, obviously, right? But there's definitely a charm to this sort of special effect. Now, I feel like as time went on, like especially in the '80s, the stop motion stuff that we were seeing wasn't the focal point of the movie. It would just be like some kind of thing that was used for a few moments you know it wasn't like a main character like king kong was stop motion there's a whole movie based around this one character but like other movies in the 80s like that had stop motion in it like you look at beetlejuice right like that had some stop motion in it like it would just be like small small things yeah so um the stop motion was done by david allen who is a pretty big name uh he's kind of like the harryhausen of the 80s he did a lot of big stuff in the 80s he did he did the stuff he also did ghostbusters too and then the other guy that was involved in making this creature was uh randall william cook who won a fucking oscar for lord of the rings oh damn yeah he was the he was a stop motion guy in lord of the rings so it's like two these are two big names in this industry that worked on this you wouldn't really i don't know i mean i wasn't super impressed with the serpent when you i like the design of the serpent very simple um yeah it, very simple looking, but you know, cool enough. It looked cool. It did. It did. Um, I yeah, but no, I wasn't impressed with the actual stop motion work itself. It was serviceable at best, but there also wasn't too much of it either. No, there you wasn't. know what I mean. Like it because she didn't see the full creature all that often. No, don't get me wrong. There was enough like monsters killing people scenes. There was quite a lot of them in the movie, but they were quick. And like you say, you didn't really see a lot of the creature. You did. I think that was like the the one part of the movie that bothered me the most is like they they didn't know how to get the monster interacting with the background, with the characters, with the victims, whatever you want to call it. it right. They couldn't get that down because a lot of it was just like first person view camera movements. And let me say, there's a lot of aerial shots in this movie. Um, oh, tons, of them. tons yeah. of them. Yeah, and and it's like fir- so it's like first person view of like this thing flying towards someone, someone screaming. And then we get a quick stop motion kind of uh, shot of it coming towards the camera the opposite way, right? And then there's like bloody parts everywhere, you know, or something's right. thrown off a roof or whatever. Uh, head, head which I off. feel like, right, which I feel like is fine maybe for the first or second appearance of this thing, you know, just to kind of build up the mystery of what it is. Obviously, you don't want it because you don't want to show too much at first. You know, they, right. they, they took the Jaws approach. Yeah, and that's fine. Which is fine, because, again, they knew that they were limited as far as what they were going to be able to show. So, yeah, why not do it that way? But when you're doing it every single time, yeah. right up to the end, it, it does get frustrating. Yeah. there, There's not a lot of shots where we get to see this thing in full, sort of interacting with uh, people until like the the climax the the, uh, the climax of the movie basically where it's kind of the reverse of King Kong right like he's flying towards the Chrysler building they're shooting at him as it's coming it's a little frustrating in that aspect because you're like ah it's like it's so close to just like it keeps taking me out of the movie or maybe like I don't know not pulling me into the movie is a better word the better phrasing to use so that was like the thing about the movie where I was just like ah you know like if this was a little bit better and it could have been I mean you knew they could do that stuff back then a, a little bit better I'm not shitting on it but just like you know I actually really really enjoy this movie a lot I think it's all over the place and I fucking love it because of that honestly it is all over the place and listen I I enjoyed it to an extent I did find myself getting a little antsy with it after a while like, maybe about halfway through, I was like, okay, 
this is really it's almost too all over the place. You know, eventually uh, you might have giant monsters in your or your your giant monster. <laughs> yes. Well, right. Yeah, <laughs> and they and they do they do. It's just that like it it, it it's. They didn't know what they didn't know how to pull it off the right way. I think that's really all it was, honestly. You know, like like I said, it's not till the end the city decides to pay this fucking person like a million dollars to show them where the egg is, which is like, well, you could see the thing flying back and forth to the Chrysler building, I would think, but whatever. It's <laughs> it's like that's like a silly part of the movie. Um, the logic is flawed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's like they go to the uh, the Chrysler building. They see the egg up there at the top, and. Uh, you know, obviously the thing comes back to protect its baby. And uh, I, I'm, I'm called back to the giant claw because they wind up just shooting the shit out of this egg. <laughs> so, it's definitely going to upset the, the dragon. <laughs> so, of course, it comes back and then, like, starts attacking the um, the top of the building where all these cops are basically just shooting at this. No one called the fucking military, by the way. They're just like, look, it's not as big as the other things that we've had in... Tokyo, you gotta just handle this locally <laughs> with uh, with law enforcement. It's just all cops, like in leather jackets, shooting at this thing with regular guns, um, and it works. Obviously, you know, like they, they take, they want to take it out. But like the only part where like he's interacting with people is a lot is there, right? He's like throwing these guys right, out of yes. the building and stuff like that. And when he's like shot up, he's kind of like writhing on the uh, like a, a building next to it. With a top, by the way, that looks like an Aztec temple. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. The building that it falls on and starts kind of like, you know, um, geez, you know, when it's like trying to get up and it's like scratching at the, the roof and falling, trying to right, fly away. Yeah. And it could, like it's all wounded. I mean, the building is designed, the top of it's designed as like an Aztec temple. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a nice touch. That's, all right, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And I don't really recall seeing the thing actually like drop and die. Like I don't think you did. It was all, it was almost kind of anticlimactic as far as like yeah. that's actually I would argue that like the entire ending of the movie, like anytime they resolved any of their plot points, it was just kind of like, oh, all right, yeah, pretty much. And it, and it falls to the ground in another first person like view perspective, and it's like you don't even see the aftermath, you know, like. Right. They could have just had a shot where it was like laying there dead and people around it. I don't, I don't think that would have been that difficult. I don't know. I feel like I don't know enough about the movie, like um, in terms of like the making of it. But I feel like they probably blew their load on just shotting in New York because they shoot a lot of stuff in the city, and that's not a cheap thing yeah. to do. Although they did not shoot the interior. The interior is like for the section where the egg actually was was not. At the uh, at the Chrysler building, that was at an abandoned um, post office or something like that. Also in New York, um, but yeah, they did not shoot that because they didn't have enough space, so they, they shot that in in a separate building. Um, okay, gotcha. And funny story about that: when they were done shooting, they just left the A. Oh, nice! Really? They they left the NS as is, and then like a couple of years later. Someone um, got really nervous. <laughs> a couple of years later, um, I think they were going to go in and tear the building down. And um, while they were in there, they obviously found what looks like a nest with a giant egg in it. And, like, you know, bird specialists were coming in trying to protect. <laughs> I, dude, I, I can't, I'm not even joking. The bird specialists were coming in and trying to uh, protect the building and save it from being demolished because... They thought this was an actual nest for a giant bird of some sort that was of course undiscovered. Yeah, yeah. that's really funny. 
So that was fun. That's a fun little piece of trivia. So there's an old um, Toho movie. We were just talking about Toho in the beginning of the month called Dogara. It was from 1964. And it was... <laughs> the main bad guys in that movie were jewel thieves as well. And there was like a thing in the sky that was like ripping people out. Like ripping people up from like the ground and shit like that. It was a very strange sort of um, creature. It was almost like just like a jellyfish monster that like kind of hovered. Mm. and just sort of like pulled things up like a like a vacuum. And it like rips like it rips oh. a bridge up at one point. It's like a really like cool special effect that's like popular from that movie. But yeah, I'm like, I was watching this movie. I'm like, oh, these are also jewel thieves just like that fucking movie. And there's also a terror in the sky that nobody knows what it is. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of had a little bit of inspiration from that movie um seems a little right. bit too convenient yeah. yeah a little bit yeah we mentioned this serial killer that they're also trying to track down and i guess they're trying to make it sound like this this guy this like aztec murderer is like sacrificing people he's like i guess drugging them or something like that i put him under a spell i don't really remember exactly what it was no so what's happening um, is what um is yes so um, the, these people that he's sacrificing are willing sacrifices. They, um, they're part of this Aztec cult. They were like coming in from all over the country. That was the baffling thing about the case because they were coming in like tourists. Okay. Like, that's they were thinking like okay, tourists were, gotcha. were being murdered. Um, and none that. of them seem to be related at all. Okay. Um, and then that's when you find out that no, this they were they were all coming in specifically to be sacrificed. They wound up catching this guy, and it was like he's he was sacrificing. Well, he's killing these people to sacrifice them to this creature. I'm assuming. Well, he was he was doing the sacrifices to wake the creature up. Right. That that's what he wanted. And once the sacrifices stopped, they also wound up killing the creature, and that was kind of the end of everything. So it, it yeah. wrapped up kind of in an odd way. I mean, maybe maybe it was supposed to be that they stopped him in his last sacrifice and the creature wasn't as strong anymore. That's why they were able to basically just shoot it down. I, I don't know. There was oh, something maybe. left ambiguous. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, just like the specifics of like how the whole sacrifice thing worked were vague at best. Yeah. Um, I, I was honestly disappointed by the reveal of the killer because... Like, you had seen the killer throughout the movie, right? But, yeah. like, he's always wearing a mask, so you never actually know who it is. He's dressed like so full the Aztec regalia, yeah. Right. So the assumption that, like, I walked away with was the killer was going to be somebody in the movie. Right, that we knew, but it wasn't. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't. They take their mask off. It's just some random dude. It's like, oh. Yeah, and there was okay. plenty of people to pick from. You could have picked one of the detectives. You could have picked one of the jewel like heist guys that they thought was killed but wasn't. Like I thought it was going to be the professor. Oh sure, yeah. That makes the sense entire too. time I thought it was going to be the professor. That's quite a. That's it, quite a. Yeah, a, a, but yeah, no, it was. It was just some random guy. I don't know if I liked that more or not. I, I don't know, but it was again, like you said, a little um, lackluster. So yeah. One of the parts that like just blows my fucking mind. Did the character Jim Quinn, his girlfriend throws him out of his house, so he's on his own and he's in some hotel. And that's that's a that's a fun relationship those two. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has like a, a hammer Dracula poster in his uh house or her house. Oh, does he? Yeah, I think it's her house. So she she tosses him out, he's on he's on his own, everything's kinda of falling apart for him. And the killer comes after him in the hotel room. At the same time, David Carradine's character, like, finds the two of them, and he saves Jim right before he's killed by this, the, the, the murderer, by shooting the yeah. Aztec guy a couple times. And right. it goes yes. on quite a bit. The whole time, I'm like, yeah, this cop is, you know, he's our hero, whatever. So I'm sure that's how you felt, right? He was the good guy. 
Yeah, and yeah. then I felt very much like he was not at the end because so the, this Aztec killer is basically shot several times, laying out, you know, bleeding on this bed in the hotel. And what's David Carradine's character do? He he just he walks across to the door adjacent to them, pulls up the "Do Not Disturb" sign, flips over and puts "Room Needs Cleaning," and then just closes the door. He's like, "That's the end of that chapter." And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, the NYPD in the 80s. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> and I'm like, they're going to be the police chief. Like, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Wait, wait, you did what? He's like, am I fired? You're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> that that blew my mind. Well, everything in this movie is out of place. <laughs> so in a way, it kind of is not out of place. It's a weird flick. It's it, it knows what it is, but at the same time doesn't know what it is. It's also like a perfect example of like what like one of our favorite subgenre movies, like Dirty New York. That's what I was gonna say. That's you took you took the phrase right out of my mouth. Like we always you and I always talked about how much we love those eighties New York movies because it's just like dirty Manhattan. You know, like it's just yeah. right Manhattan we remember as a kid, like going into the city every now and again, right? And I'm like, that's exactly where this movie took me. It was like dirty Manhattan. And and it's funny because I, I was I literally was just scrolling through um, the IMDb page, and under the user list section, um, this is actually part of the gritty New York saga as well or section. It's almost as big of a character as Q is because there's a lot of New yes, York in this movie. Yeah, yeah, New York, New York is a character. So there's a lot of, like we said, like practical effects as well. Well, there's a lot of practical yeah. effects in this movie because you have, um, obviously, the, the, the main creature is stop motion. But you have, like, the bodies that are recovered from the Aztec murder. You have the the remains of what, you know, Q rips apart. So there's a couple, like, gory practical effects in this movie, too. Um, which, yeah, no, and, and, there's, it's, and it's good stuff. It is. Um, it's all very good stuff. It's well done. Really well done. It's important. It's important to note they did actually make and used a couple times the um, a full scale claw, I guess, for the creature. They did, yes, yeah, and it does yeah. not work. Um, <laughs> it doesn't, no. But I, I was honestly surprised that they went so far as to do that. Yeah, like just the fact that they just the fact that they made the effort to to go ahead and make a, a large uh, large talon. Um, <laughs> Uh, like you know, that's that's kind of impressive. Is it is it any good? Not really. No, but it's more jarring. Tried. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's a little jarring. It's but like they, you they said. Did... It's the shock of seeing it that, that that that's like impressive. It's not like that. It looks good. It doesn't. Right. Right. It's just like oh, they did that. Yeah. It picks good like for you. it picks that guy up out of the pool, and it looks like the fucking claw machine at a, at a Jersey Shore boardwalk. <laughs> Barely holding on to this guy. I'm like, you can get out of there. Like, you would fall right into the water, too. It's like, like, you hit the ground. <laughs> that's that's so unfortunate. Because there's some great there's some great stuff in it. Yeah, no, there is. There is some really great stuff in this. Um, it's just such a mixed As far as, like, uh, practical effects were. Yeah, it, it, um, it is such a mixed bag. Speaking of, mm. speaking of, I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. And I, when I first saw it, I was like, I have to keep that in my mind to bring up because... This is a fantastic transition. I think it was the first body, the one that, like, I guess, drops to the ground headless. It's like the head is missing. Yeah, the, 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 window, the window washer. The window washer, yeah, yes. Yeah. The window washer. Okay. So when they mentioned, when the cops are talking about that, right? So when I knew his head just floated away like a balloon, 
and then the very next shot you follow is a tracking shot following the balloon through through airspace i'm yeah. like my god this is fucking brilliant <laughs> there's a couple things in there there's moments of genius in the movie without a doubt there really is yeah and then there's moments of just like canon like acting and effects but like all in all it's like a good 80s horror movie and it has something different than a typical like you know um slasher villain or like alien or or like monster it's got a giant creature a giant monster and uh, that's as well as a serial killer right yeah and it's a little bit i don't there's not a lot that pops into my mind from the 80s in america that dealt with giant monsters there really wasn't yeah. no we, we really didn't have much of that like outside of like the sword and sorcery right. um genre yes, yes. um we we didn't have many uh giant monster movies i mean they did remake kong in the 70s um yeah. i was gonna say like the, the yeah that was the closest we got was it yeah the, that was the cons were like yeah pretty close to the 80s yeah. like tail end of the 70s well yeah well the uh the first kong was in the 70s and then um King Kong Lives was in the 80s. It was actually a couple of years after this. Okay, sure. There wasn't demand for it, I don't think, you know? Cause no, not really. Even, like, the Japanese stuff sort of slowed down around that, that uh, decade. I guess that's why. And we never really, like, hear about this movie either because it's just, well, it's not a genre people are really into and it's a little sloppy in, in, in certain aspects, so it just doesn't get talked about. But it's a very unique movie and it's well worth watching. Yeah. Um, you could find a movie on YouTube basically for free at this point. I don't know like if it'll be taken down in the near future, but it's there for free and it's uncut. And yeah, yeah, it's the whole movie. Yeah, so um, if it sounds like something that you are interested in, you know, give it a watch. And um, I, uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say of significance to you. No, no. I'll, yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and recommend it. Yeah, I'll agree. Yeah, watch this movie. It's, yeah, it's. It's a hoop. It really is. It, it, yeah, it's something. It's there's something just different. there's there's something for everybody. There. There's something for everybody. <laughs> there has to be. They put um, everything in it. <laughs> so because they put everything in it, yeah. exactly. But uh, exactly, especially if you enjoy um, masturbating while uh, hanging yourself. Uh, you said you were um, going to do it, but you did it. Yeah, I had to. I had to throw one more in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's about it. Oh wait. Let's get into a little bit of news real quick right here at the tail end, if you don't mind. No, go for it. Let's do it. Um, so, as everybody knows, I am the Scream fan around here. Um, and we got a little uh, bit of you're gonna disappointing talk about news. Again? <laughs> got, yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, but we did get a little bit of uh, disappointing news uh, a couple of weeks ago. I haven't been able to talk about uh, this Nev Campbell is officially not returning for Scream 6. Why is that? She realized, the fuck am I doing? No, it's because they just weren't offering her enough money. Oh, excuse me. Lottie Nam, Mrs. Party of Five. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No no more Sydney. Sydney, I guess, is done for now with the Scream right. series. It's, it's setting. It will be taking place in New York City. Oh, get out of here. Okay. Ghostface takes Manhattan. <laughs> will it be shot in Canada? Or will it actually be shot in New York? No, I think it actually is being shot in Canada. Oh, they, got, they got screamed. <laughs> For, are you serious? I swear to God! No! <laughs> I'm not joking! What the fuck? And the entire movie takes place on the Staten Island Ferry. No, not really. no, 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 come on. <laughs> although, although... The Staten Island Ferry in, like, the middle of the night would be a cool set piece for, like, a kill. 
Yeah, you can't get off of it, and it crashes all the time. How <laughs> 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 many times have we been on that? And we're like, oh fuck, 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 and like right yeah. inside yeah. the dock. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you know the locals, like the the hardened locals are the people that don't even make a fucking face when it slams back and forth yeah. on the dock. Yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this first month of uh, Giant Monster Movie Summer. We got two more to go, so if you didn't like it, I'm really fucking sorry. But if you did like it, you got a lot to look forward to. And uh, I'm excited about it. I know you're excited about it. Continue enjoying the summer. Check us out on the SoMeds. Yes, all the SoMeds. Yeah, it's, you'll hear it in a minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, you'll, you'll hear it in a minute. Or you'll just turn it off now. So uh, either way, good night. Good night. Next week on Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, real, real, like, thrown in there. It's like the movie Superbad, and then at the end of Superbad... There is the Cloverfield monster. Like, oh shit, this was a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> <laughs> you just like throw that into like a bunch of movies, and like, oh wow, I was like, did you know that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was also tied to Cloverfield? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. And if you want to follow Justin, all you That's need to me. do... Oh, you're still on the phone? Uh, I very rarely ever hang up. Tell the people where they could follow you, Justin. Well, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can find me as Justin Tong. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me jtong81. And if you want to follow me on Slasher, the horror-based social media site, you can find me at Sexy Vampire Teeth Pod. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can't. I'm off the stuff. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites. And make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. So long, everybody. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast.